Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. This, um, th- this book right here, and, and you've heard me say it before, this is one of the most amazing gifts that we have. Um, there's these 66 books that tell us everything. We're equipped with every single thing we need to know. Um, unfortunately, we live in a world, and we're all a part of this to a certain degree, where we've made determinations and judgments about God and who He is without ever reading this. All right, that's, could you imagine, it would be the equivalent of somebody coming to your home and asking somebody in your house, tell me three moments in your father's life or your mother's life or something, and those three distinct moments and somebody going, well, that's exactly who that person is. That, that wouldn't be fair, would it? it? It wouldn't be fair in either way. Maybe it was a really great thing, And, you know, we wouldn't argue with that, right? If somebody said, no, there was this one moment, and, boy, you know, my dad or spouse or friend or roommate, there was that one moment that they did something so incredibly loving and sacrificial and generous, we wouldn't argue with that. But what if what was discussed, that one moment, was the worst time of our life, the worst mistake we made, the lowest point of our life? We we would say, oh, don't, don't, please don't just... Look at that one snapshot. Please, please don't do that because, because we know there's more to us, right? Um, and this is um, hopefully something we break free from. Oftentimes we see life like it's a photo album, like these photographs of instances that happen rather than this story that, that we've been a part of that's, that's been written and it will continue to be written, okay? That, this moves through. But unfortunately, almost, I would say everyone in here you can go to work or school and ask this question, you know, is, is um, who is God? Who is Jesus? And I'll tell you, man, in the South, we are confident in knowing who those, who those folks are. We are, he is this, by golly. He is, he, and here's the second question. Talk to me about your relationship with the Word of God. Okay. Talk to me about your relationship with the Word of God. Well, you know, I read a, you know, never read it. Then, then how do you know what you're saying? How, how do you know you've not met him? Well, no, 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 somebody told me, no, no, no. That, that's never been the case, right? I mean, this is, we've been given this book to go through and to get to know him more. No, I've never read that book or I've never done this and I've never, I don't really have a quiet time because I don't want to just ha- check the box and all that kind of stuff and and unfortunately, I feel like you all know it, we all, to a certain degree, have this level of ignorance about who God is, about who Jesus is. And it's based on our own life stories. It's based on our own. And here's the deal is, is we've got to dig into this, okay? Now, the goal isn't, oh, man, I've been a Christian for a month, so I have to know everything. No, 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 that's not it at all. But it's the idea of, again, that's why I ask the question, what's your relationship with the Word of God? Not, not do you know all the answers in the Word of God, 
Not, do you, not can you tell me all of the scriptures you memorize. I'm saying, what's your relationship with the Word of God? Is this, is this something that me and you that we're known to be hungry for? Like, we want to learn, Jesus, who are you? God, who are you? And, and you know what sometimes I feel like can happen is we have huge questions. And I, and I love that. I think we've got to ask lots of hard questions in church. I think communities who claim to follow Jesus, we can't just kind of look aside and not answer hard questions. But when we ask the hard questions, we have to be willing to do the work to dig in and learn the answers. And I think sometimes we ask hard questions like, why does God allow suffering? There, this world is messed up. Okay, and, and I'm not even talking about your and my suffering. I'm talking about the suffering of children. I'm talking about genocide. I'm talking about starvation. I'm talking about this. You're going, why? And we have these questions. You know what's very interesting is many people come to a conclusion about God because they have the question. And my answer would be, you've got to get a relationship with the Word of God. What we want is, can you give me like two verses that will tell me the answer I want to hear? Well, can you describe your spouse or your friend in just two sentences that would be accurate? No. There's more to it, right? It's 66 books. It's finding out, hold on a minute, did, did God ever encounter suffering? How did he handle it? What is this story? How do we, and, and it's seeing this big picture, right? It's, it's reading through it, and I understand. I mean, you, you hear me say this. I, I feel like everyone should read the Bible over and over and over again, okay? It shouldn't be, I read it one time, all the way through. That's awesome. I'm saying, man, it should be one of those things because we do this with movies, you watch them over and over and over again. I was talking about what's new Star Wars coming out. That was the first movie I ever saw in a movie theater when I was five years old. All right. The Star Wars movie, movies have been in my life for 41 years. Okay. And I remember the first time Star Wars, the New Hope, right, number four, for you guys that know what I'm talking about, they showed it on TV like years later. Okay. And so we got our big old VCR. Okay, because you had a VCR and I put a tape in. I said, I'm recording this because I'm going to watch this so often. And I did until that thing was almost blank. Okay, I mean, over and over. I could tell you every line that everyone was saying. I don't care if it was Princess Leia. I don't care if it was Luke Skywalker. I could just go and act it out. And here's the thing is, is it took a lot to go. No, here's the whole story. It's not just about. It's not just about Darth Vader. It's not just about Jedi's. It's not just about the Force. It's not about that. There's this whole story that, boy, over exposure to it over and over and over again is required. And it's the same here, okay? So what I'm saying is, is, yeah, read your Bible through all the way this year and you'll make it. No, no, no. I'm saying that your relationship with this word, make it lifelong to where you're reading through it multiple times to where you're going, oh yeah, I get this story because now I can answer questions about suffering and I can answer questions, these, these big questions about, well, why does God save people? and Why are some people not saved? And I can answer these questions on how does God save people? What is repentance more than just a verse that I've memorized, okay? And that's so important because there isn't, that can never be substituted by a sermon, a lesson, a talk, a, a devotional, a Bible study. It can never be substituted. It, it, that in and of itself 
is uh, what will equip us. Okay, and so we're talking about worshiping the king, right? That's this theme in this 21-day fast, and that's one of those, if you were to read the Bible from cover to cover, okay, and, or, I mean, let's back that up just a little bit. What if we erased everything in our minds that we've ever known about Christianity at all? And this book just fell out of the sky, and we just read it from cover to cover. And we started talking about it, right? We started talking about this. There would be something that we would see all the way through. Worship. We would see that in so many different ways, right? We would see, we would see these themes. We would be able to say, you know what? There's this theme that goes all the way through that's light and darkness. It's all the way through it. It's, it's not just one book. It's not just one verse. It's this theme that goes all the way through it. And there's, there's good and evil in this battle. And we see that from beginning to end, okay? Those are the things that would last, that would stick to our hearts, right? And we would go, no, it's not just about memorizing a verse. It's knowing this story and knowing that, wow, this isn't just a made-up story. This is real. And going, I get it now. I get this. I get why I come to church with people, okay? Because we're making decisions about things without knowing the whole story. You don't have to come to church. And you want to get into an argument about, well, you show me the verse. No, you show me the verse. No, you show me the verse. And I'm saying when you get the story of God, you start going, yeah, you want to know what? I'm beyond What's freedom? I'm beyond what I have to do. I'm beyond that. I see God's plan for his people. And I can't not be with them. See, that's very different than, you don't know what? You better not miss. You, you see the difference? One is you understand the big picture. The other one, you're just trying to figure out, how can I do the least possible and still go to heaven? Okay? I mean, so that's why this is so important here. Because again, we're making huge decisions. I don't study my Bible every day because I don't want to be legalistic. You want to know what? If we read from cover to cover, we would go, I, that's the only thing I'm going to read. <laughs> okay? I've got to know this so deeply and so desperately, but you're illegal. You call me whatever you want. You call me whatever name you want. What I would learn and what I learned from this is I need to learn this more because it's not just about the information. This is tough to practice. There's a lot of, of, of nuance in the practice of this that we're called to, right? There's a lot of, it's not just, it's not just you know, this, this recipe that do this every single time. Yeah. Be this way every single time. And that we, that we memorize, it's like, no, it's as we live our life, we've got to know this story, right? And so you have these big old themes, worship, worshiping God and worshiping others, okay? And um, as I said, kind of that big theme of light and dark. Turn over to John chapter 3, okay? Um, John chapter 3 is one of those chapters. Oh, oh, man, how I wish people knew John chapter 3. All right, yes, just John chapter 3. Man, I I'll tell you, when I was a kid, you couldn't go to a professional football game, baseball game, basketball game without somebody holding up a sign that said what? John 3, 16, right? And you're going, whoa, man, what incredible evangelism. <laughs> right? John 3, 16, you're going, man, I was just watching the Milwaukee Bucks play the L.A. Lakers, and I got saved. <laughs> you're going, hold up, let's pump our brakes, because, again, 
what we've done is we take this little tiny snippet of a photograph and we're like, this, I am determined that this is what that means. And we're going, you know what, let's look at the whole picture. Because John 3 is so much greater than we give, than we give John credit as he writes this. It's so much greater. We're not going to go through the whole thing, but I do want to mention this. Okay, not John 3, 16, okay, which is awesome, okay? Don't ever say it's not. Don't go, oh, yeah, you know, that's, no, no, no. This is incredible, okay? God loved the world so much and all these things. But, but, but here's the thing. We, we, John, this is such a good chapter, right? I mean, Nicodemus is at the beginning. He's talking about baptism. He's talking about, but then in verse 19, I've never seen anybody hold up a sign that said John 3, 19, okay? And here's why, I think. It, this is what it says. This then is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who practices wicked things hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. All right, so, so let's, let's stop for just a second and read this. Okay, so then this is the judgment. Right there, we've already said, in, you know, there's, there's certain trigger words, right? There are these trigger words that go on judgment? Who does Jesus think he is? You're thinking, I've turned it off. I don't listen to, no, no, here's judgment. He said light has come into the world, him. Light has come into the world. But people love darkness rather than light. Can you relate to that? If you can't, take some time this week, okay? Can you relate to that in your, to go, oh, yeah, you know what, I kind of, Jesus came in the world, but I love darkness rather than light because my deeds were evil. For everyone who practices wicked things hates the light and avoids it. You know, you think, wow, is that, that can be true in our lives today. You, you ever been like that before? You got something going on in life, man. And it's all hidden in there. It, it's, it, you're, you're living a double life or there's sin. We've been there. I, I've shared with you, I, I've sat in church before where it's just like I'm sweating and I'm thinking, how can I change every conversation away from anybody asking me anything all right have you ever been there before i mean are you or you go to some place and you're like i hope nobody asked me this because i'm in trouble all right and he says well man we love darkness we avoid light because we don't want to be exposed but if you live by the truth you come to the light okay and so when you read that you're going wow there's this crazy battle of light and darkness if we're honest we all feel that every single one of us feels that is this idea of just this battle that's going on and jesus is saying you know what men love darkness because they don't want to be exposed right every one of us here is like yeah amen i don't want to be but he said if we live by the truth we're going to come into the light all right there's this there's this huge huge theme here okay and and you're going, man, uh, what on earth does this have to do with worshiping the king? <laughs> All right. Except there's something that we see 
woven through this story, this history, right? That is essential if we're going to follow Jesus, okay? It, this is just essential. It's necessary. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a word, and, and there's going to be a trigger with this word, right? Is the word is confession. You're going to feel it a little bit. It's non-negotiable. There's not a, maybe you should do it. It's absolutely necessary if we're following Jesus, okay? And why is that? Just so we can get it done? No, no, no. Again, here's, the, here's what happens is, is most of us in here, we're, we get a trigger because of that. Because we've been taught, you better do this. And then it'll be all better. And we go and confess. Whew, now I'm all better. It's just that snapshot instead of going, hold on a minute. What's the story of confession? What's the history of confession? What's the theme of confession? Did God just decide, you know what's going to really mess with people? Confessing sin. That's going to be so fun to watch. No way. There's no way you get that from reading the Bible. There's no way that you get that. But could you tell the story of confession? Could you tell the story of confession? If somebody asked you, hey, are you going to go, no, 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 you, you better confess. And you don't know if some of you in here, you're good at it. But let's not pat ourselves on the back. Because some in here, not so good at it, okay? And here's what I'm going to tell you. Let's get back on the horse. Okay, this isn't about who does it better, right? This, this isn't about that. Again, this is a relationship. How healthy is your confession life? Because I will tell you, it's uh, mine and yours, worship of God, of the King, 24-7 worship is hindered by this. If, we're not, if it's not active, it's not healthy. It's hindered if things are in the dark, if things are hidden, if we're living a double life. It just is the truth, okay? And so this is one of those little roots. I want to kind of dig through here. Um, you're like, well, here's what the word essentially means, okay? If you read through the book, the Bible, from Old Testament to just very simply put, okay, is to make known. All right, and I, and I get it. I, I know that you're going, but, but Keith, you, you could look up the Greek, and you could look up the Hebrew, and you could look up the Scythian, and you could look up the Barbarian, and you could look up all these different translations and go, but it's got a... And I'm going, you want to know what? Let's start simple. Okay, the starting point doesn't have to be a theologian. Let's get to the starting point where it becomes active. Okay, to make known. Right? So you have this idea of making something known. The history of confession goes all the way back. I mean, God was teaching Adam and Eve. God was teaching Adam and Eve. Right? God was teaching. Here, God is going, hey, where did they go? Yeah, you know, and, and if you're going, well, who is that? Then like, let's get together with someone and start reading the Bible, okay? But all the way at the beginning, when God created, and then all of a sudden you had Eve and Adam, and they're like, hey, you know what would be really great? Let's eat this fruit, and um, it's going to give us this knowledge and all these things. And, and uh, then they, they did that. They disobeyed God, and they realized they were naked, and so they hid right? And then God was like, well, where are they? Let me ask you a question. Do you think God didn't know 
He just got done creating everything. He's like, golly, I wish I didn't invent that tree because I can't see around it. <laughs> Man, that, that forest is in the way. I wish I would have. You know, he's like, no, no, I know where you are. He's like, where are you guys, though? I'm going to ask a question. Where are you? Why'd you hide? Okay. And here's the deal is, is this is what's awesome. This is the big picture of God going, come on, tell me. All right. Not because... I want to shame you, not because I want to humiliate you, but because he knows you, you need this. You got to get this out. This cannot stay there. You cannot hide. You're, you're hiding. Listen, I created you. You were out. You didn't worry about anything, and now you're hiding behind the bushes. You can't do that. Come on. Come on out with it. And then you'd think, boom, we got it, right? But then Cain and Abel happened, right? I mean, Cain killed his brother Abel. And God, once again, well, where's your brother? <laughs> You're like, <"All> right, really? <laughs> you know, you, what is wrong with you? Don't you know? No, 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 I know what you did. Come and tell me now. C come and tell me. And so there's just this beginning. And then, so you kind of have that one-on-one -on -one God and people, right? And then you have it on a nation level. Okay. Right? You have... You have God's people being put into slavery in Egypt. And they come out and he saves them. And he starts teaching them. And he teaches them Exodus 19. You can write this down. Exodus 19 through 24. He gives them these laws. And, 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 and he goes, listen, I want you to follow this. I want you to obey this. I want you to trust me. I just saved you. And then there's this really crazy book after Exodus called Leviticus. That that's where people go, I'm done reading the Bible at this point. I'm tired of it. I can't read it anymore, okay? But understand something. You're going, he talks about this thing over and over and over again. What does he talk about over and over and over again? What word did you hear when you've read it? Sacrifice, sacrifice, sac mold, mildew, clean, unclean. Uh, you know, you're going, oh, if I hear it one more time, that's the point. <laughs> that's the point is, no, 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 no. You're not going to hear it one time. Over and over and over again. You know what he told us people? He said, here's the deal. Leviticus chapter 5. Okay, let's go ahead and we're just going to zip on through here. Okay, he says, uh, third book of the Bible. Um. He says, here's what I want you to do. The history of God at this point had already been riddled with people messing up. Already had been, okay? Sin wasn't new. All right, he had saved people out of Egypt. He said, when someone sins in any of these ways, and then he goes through... Um, he says, if you have seen or heard or know something about some uh, about something he has witnessed and you didn't respond to a public call to testify then you're responsible for your sin if you touch anything unclean without being aware of it um, he is unclean and guilty verse three if he touches human uncleanness any uncleanness by which one can become defiled without being aware of it but later recognizes it he is guilty if someone swears rashly in verse four and then in verse 5, if someone incurs guilt in one of these cases, he is to confess he has committed that sin. He must bring the restitution for the sin he has committed to the Lord. Okay, so I'm giving you a little snippet. All right, 
now, now here's what happens. But, but Keith, he only said just confess those things. That's all he said. Like unclean things, well, we're not, that's oh, not us anymore. And, and this and all of these kind of things. And, and so, again, because there's a side of us and there's a side of our sinful nature and there's a side of Satan just tempting us to go, don't do this. Don't confess. No matter what it is, keep it hidden. Okay, and, and don't let somebody even show you this because, look, there's only three or four things you're supposed to confess, okay, except there's way more Bible about this, right? We're, we're beyond just the one verse, okay? Look over at Deuteronomy chapter 5, okay? Because, again, we're looking at the history, the purpose, the reason. Why on earth, God, did you do this? Why? Why? This is so hard. I wish it wasn't necessary. And so again, we're not just looking for a way to figure out how can we like find the loophole? Man, we're talking about, um, you know, ben, ben shared Isaiah 61. Jesus said, I came to proclaim freedom for the captives. So believe me, when, when he's teaching us something, it is for freedom. It is for freedom, okay? And so, Deuteronomy 5. Oh. Oh, oh verse 1. Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, Israel, listen to the statutes and ordinance I am proclaiming as you hear them today. Learn and follow them carefully. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. He did not make this covenant with our fathers, but with all of us who are alive here today. The Lord spoke to you face to face from the fire on the mountain. At that time, I was standing between the Lord and you to report the word of the Lord to you because you were afraid of the fire and did not go up the mountain. And then he goes on and he re, and, and he re kind of states um, these commandments, right? And then in verse 22, these 10 commandments. And then the Lord spoke these commands in a loud voice to your entire assembly from the fire, cloud, and thick darkness. He added nothing more. He wrote them on two stone tablets and gave them to me. All of you approached me with your tribal leaders and elders when you heard the voice from the darkness. While the mountain was blazing with fire, you said, look, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice from the fire. Today we have seen that God speaks with a person, yet he still lives. But, night, why, but now why should we die? This great fire will consume us, and we will die if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any longer. For who out of all mankind has heard the voice of the living God speaking from the fires we have and lived? Go near and listen to everything the Lord our God says. Then you can tell us everything the Lord our God tells you. We'll listen and obey. Well, the Lord heard your words when you spoke to me, Moses said. He said to me, I have heard the words that these people have spoken. Everything they said is right. If only they had such a heart to fear me and keep my commands always so that they and their children will prosper forever. Go and tell them, return to your tents, but you stand here with me and I'll tell you every command, the statutes and ordinance. You're to teach them so that they may follow them in the land I'm giving them to possess. Be careful to do as the Lord your God has commanded. Uh, you are not to turn aside to the right or the left. Follow the whole instruction of the Lord, for God has commanded you so that you may live, prosper, and have long life in the land 
that you will possess. And that was not what I was looking for at all. And I could hear my wife giggling the whole time. She's going, oh, he doesn't know. Now, that was not, but we're going to come back to that. So listen, put your marker right there. You go, Keith, where are you going with this? I confess. <laughs> we're going to come back to that. We're, we're, we'll come back to that. I'm at numbers five. Goodness gracious. Boy, it's humiliating being wrong. It is. You know what? I'm, I'm glad I have practice at this. Numbers chapter five. Hey, I'll tell you, that's a great chapter. It just is. Here we go. <laughs> As I was saying, Numbers 5, verse 5, the Lord spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites, when a man or woman commits any sin against another, that person acts unfaithfully toward the Lord and is guilty. The person is to confess the sin he has committed. He's to pay full compensation, add a fifth of its value to it, and give it to the individual that he is wronged. And so again, we see here this idea of there's sin and there's confession. Like go and make it known, bring it out, take it out of the darkness, okay? And then he goes on, you can just write these down because I took so much time with Deuteronomy chapter five, okay? Um, Nehemiah one, okay, here's the interesting thing. We, we begin to see people writing and they're not commanding go and confess but we're seeing them and their response is to confess okay i don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense but when nehemiah prays in nehemiah 1 verse 6 here's what he says okay he says he says i'm going to confess now my sin and the sin of the people and that tells us something because he's not going you better confess we're hearing from a guy who's approaching god and what he knows to do is confess his sin okay he knows it you're going well how did he know it because it was so driven in okay even as you go through leviticus when they would take the sin offering like the bull or something like that and they broke it you had to confess over the bull you had to say it and make it known could you imagine how many times i mean it's no secret in the community right there's no secret because they're like oh here goes so-and-so going to sacrifice again there's no secret. God's intention was for sin to never be secret. You had to make it known over and over and over again. And we have Nehemiah here in chapter 1, verse 6, doing that. In Psalm 32, we see uh, David writing and going, man, I confess my sin. Okay? You're going, well, did somebody tell me? Yeah, that's what you did. That was what they understood. Okay? It was like, yeah, you want to know what? I confess this to you. There's, there's tons of psalms where the writer's going, let me just confess to you. Let me just make this known to you, God. Well, who told him? This was life. It, it's one of those things where hopefully you get to an age where it's like you don't, somebody doesn't have to tell you to brush your teeth every day <laughs> or put deodorant on every single day or take a shower every single day. You know, at some point, you just got to go, man, this is how a life is, okay? This is how it goes right here. John 3, again, that, that chapter that I referenced before, people were coming to be baptized by John the Baptist, and you know what they came? They came and confessed their sin. And what, do you have some kind of study series? 
But yeah, like he's in the Jordan River. He's like, no, no, no. If you take these things right here and you mark off all the things and one of them's confess your sin, it's like people knew if I'm going to go and repent, I'm confessing my sin. Is it that normal for me and you? It should be, right? It should just be, oh, man, sin in my life? I need to make it known. Hide it? I could never read anywhere in the entire Bible where that's a good thing. There's no part of it where God was like, you know what my plan is with sin? Hide it. There's no way you could read it and, and even come to that conclusion that, you know what? God's will is to not confess. No, no, no. His will is, no, come on, bring it into the light because we're captive by our sin. Okay? And so even people that were coming to John the Baptist were like, I should confess. Acts chapter 19, okay, this is such a cool story, is people got kind of freaked out. And there were some folks, and it, it seemed like, I don't know, were they Christians? Weren't they Christians? Who knows? But they were into sorcery and the magic and all this kind of stuff, and they got so freaked out. They're like, I'm bringing all my magic scrolls to be burned, but it's not just like I'm going to burn them. I'm going to start confessing my sin. So it's not a matter of, oh, man, let me just go and get through this because I know i got to get rid of it. It's like, no, 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 no. Man, I understand this is about freedom. It's not about to be embarrassing. It's about God going, yeah, you want to know what? Let me free you up because when you have nothing left to hide, there is no better place to be in the world. Amen. Man, when you've got nothing to hide, you're just going, oh, man. And, and now, hear me when I say this, okay, because there's some folks that are in here and you're going, oh, that means I need to know everything about everybody or they're a liar. Okay, come on. Like, you get that, right? I mean, but here's what I'm saying is, it's just person to person here. There's no better place to be. God knows it. There is, we get weird when we start hiding stuff and living. I know, man, I would like to write a book about a number of different things that I all think would be very encouraging. I think the best book I could read is all the things I did trying to hide sin. It would be a mixture of comedy and drama, okay? The things that I thought I could get away with. Right? The ways that God spoke through people, the weirdness that I went through to divert people away, to hide that sin at all costs. And you, you picked the sin, man. Right? I mean, pornography, lying, you know, just slander, sexual immorality, all of this kind of stuff. I mean, I can't tell you how much energy I expended in my lifetime and going, wow, hold on a minute. You know what? The one of the greatest things I read about in the Bible is confession. Yeah. <laughs> Going, I don't want anything to hide because it feels so good. Yeah. And you want to know what? We, me and you, we're not going to worship God fully if we have things to hide. Right. We just aren't, okay? And so you have that in Acts 19. James says it, right? James says, hey, confess your sins to one another. Unfortunately, you want to know what? Sometimes that verse has been preached. I know I've preached it that way before where it's like, let me scare the pants off of you until you do it because you're going to go to hell until you do, right? And you're going, whoa, that's kind of a strange relationship to have, right? If you're in a marriage like that, right, get some help. You understand what I'm saying? If you have a relationship with somebody where it's built on fear and, uh, you know, just this manipulation and stuff, but James isn't writing it that way. He's going, hey, here's the deal. You want to be healed? Confess your sins to one another. Right, because that's the next place we go. We're like, oh, he just means confess your sins to God. Of course he does. But he also said, make it known to others, too. Okay, James says it. John writes a ton about it. Okay, 1 John chapter 1 is where you can go and you can read all about this. Okay, 
So you look at, there's this vast history. And I would encourage you to go back because I left so much out of this story. But that story is the very thing that takes confession from, um, okay, I did it, to freedom, to worship, to repentance, to peace. And, and I just fear, I fear that. I feel that even. It's, there's a tension, and it's, it's this tension of I, if somebody knew about me, they wouldn't love me, and they wouldn't think I should be in church. Okay, but here's the beautiful thing. When it becomes a part of our life, you know what? We all remember that, man, we're all on the same playing field. That's right. just a great way to remember, isn't it? To go, hey, you know what? Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And it doesn't have to be something huge. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I really blew it. It can just be like, you know what? I've been a jerk today. Man, I need help with that. Anything, we just get into this habit, right? And so... Sin wasn't meant to be kept to ourselves. And, and uh, we're going to wrap this up with this point. There's a stumbling block here, okay? Um, and you've heard me say this a couple years ago. We said it over and over and over again. Um, the gospel we believe determines the disciples we are. That doesn't mean there's lots of gospels, okay? But the gospel you believe determines the disciple you'll become. It'll determine the disciples you make. It'll determine all those things because the gospel is the foundation. It's what guides us, okay? And so the gospel you believe, unfortunately, many, the gospel we believe is that um, when God made a covenant with us, a new covenant in his blood, we believe there was no condition. We believe when he said, I'll, I'll save you, we go, well, that's unconditional. And I'm going to say, where is that in the Bible? I'm not trying to trick you either. I'm saying there's no way you could read from the first book to the last book and say this is unconditional. It's without condition. There are conditions. But if your gospel that you believe, you go, no, there's no condition. There's nothing I can do. I can, he saved me, and it's unconditional, and I just... Listen, then you want you won't do ever confess. You won't. Because the gospel you believe is saying, no, there's no condition. Except it's a very different story when you start to read and you're going, but Keith, I've heard that word unconditional before. I've heard it. I know it's true. I know it's true. Absolutely it is, right? The cross of Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, right? Those things happened and were planned before me and you ever made a decision to be good or bad. That was without condition. That isn't like, oh, then that means I'm saved without condition. God's in a covenant with me out without condition. No, 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 no. He's saying that decision to offer salvation was before anyone did anything. It was without condition. Right? God didn't say, you know, if you did something, then I'll die for you. No, no, no. It was done already, okay? Our relationship with him is conditional. Okay? you got to let that sink in a little bit. Our relationship is conditional. Let me show you. John chapter 14. John chapter, we're just going to stick in the New Testament here, but um, the Old Testament is the same. 
It was a covenant of stronger to a weaker. John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 23. Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my command. If you love me, okay, there's a condition there. If you love me, then you'll keep my commands. Like, that's a condition here. Because he's going to go on, and he's going to tell you. He's like, listen, as he, as, he, uh, as he teaches in 14 and 15, he's saying that, you want to know what? When you're not in me, you can be cut off in John 15. But if you love me, and I, then, then you know what you're going to do? Your half is going to be to obey what I command. Tell me that that hasn't been assaulted in Christianity in a, in today. That, that very thing. What better thing to assault, okay? And to go, no, that's just man's works and legalism and all of that. And I'm going to ask you this. What's your relationship with the Word of God? Because if it's like, well, I mean, I just kind of heard some things my parents told me and I've read a book here and there. I'm going to say, how do you know that? Unless you've read it. Because condition screams out in discipleship, okay? Is you have this, you have John 15, verse 14. Again, you're my friends if you do what I command you. I don't call you slaves anymore because a slave doesn't know what his master is doing. I've called you friends because I've made known to you everything I've heard from my father. There's a condition here. Again, you, guys, we have to do what he commands. We have to do this. There's this act of obedience. There's this idea of loving him, right? 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes about this. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 2, he talks about right here in verse 1. Now, brothers, I want to clarify for you the gospel I proclaim to you. You received it. You took your stand on it. You're saved by it. If you hold to the message I proclaim to you, unless you believe for no purpose. Okay, there's, a, there's this condition of saying there's God, we're being asked, guys, this, you have to live this way. We're talking about repentance. We're talking about love. We're talking about loving one another. That's part of this relationship. When he tells us these things, okay, so if the gospel me and you believe is, no, it's, it's unconditional, then we won't confess or we'll be guilted into doing something that we hope will absolve our sin in some way. But if we go, no, you know what, there's conditions, and I didn't meet those, and I fell short, and I rebelled against those, and I was, I was you know, uh, disrespectful and um, irreverent to those commands. I didn't care about those. And he's going, come on, just like he did to Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, he's going, tell me what you did. Tell me what you did. Tell me what you did. You got to bring it out, okay? It's, it's, it's got to come out because that's, the light is going to help you. But far too often we're, we're keeping things in because we think, no, 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 it's, there is no condition to being his disciple. There is no condition to this, right? Here, here's the deal. I love this, and we're going to finish up James 5 when he says, you want to know what? Here's the deal. Confess your sins to one another so you may be healed. I think there's a lot of healing that has to happen. I think it takes time. 
I think it takes a lot of time because you know what? There are things I've spent the last three or four days just kind of jotting through things and kind of going even through different stages of my life and going, you know what? It takes some courage to go, hold on a minute, let me look into this. And it takes some accountability to go, I did wrong here. I was wrong in this situation. And God's going, okay, come on, bring it out. You know, make it known, make it known, okay? And it's going to take us some time. Here's the deal is, is we're going to be hindered in worshiping God if this doesn't become a normal part of our life, a normal growing part of our life, okay? Not just something we do here, okay? Last question, though, is, is you go, well, how do you do it? Keith, tell me, tell me how to do it. Gosh, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to do it. And, and you want to know what? He, here's the interesting thing is, is when you read the Bible all the way through, you want to know what? There isn't a manual. There's not a manual. It says people confessed. People spoke. People talked to one another. There's not this. And, and you want to know what? That might be the worst news of all. Because there's something we want more than anything is, don't, I, I can't be wrong when I do this. And Keith, what about confessing to the wrong person? Don't confess to the wrong person. And, we, and unfortunately, when we talk about this, we talk it away. And here's what I'm going to say. Just start doing it. And mess up. And learn. And let's teach each other. And let's be humble enough to be taught, okay? We're going, hey, you know what? Probably not a great idea to put that on Facebook. Okay? But don't be too wise, Please don't be too wise, because I know that can happen going, well, let me be, I got to be so wise, and I'm going to like, I got to be surgically precise in who I talk to. I'm going, you know what, make it known. Man, make it known, okay? You'll learn, but I don't think any of us have done it enough to say we're pros. It takes time. You got to do it. You got to go, hey, man, come on, let's have a seat. Can, can we talk about this? Can we, you know, man, how do you do it? How do I do it so I don't mess up? Here's the deal is I can't guarantee that living as a disciple is going to be pain-free <laughs> or unawkward. Sometimes it's just, sometimes you get hurt and you're going to get hurt. I can't preach enough sermons. I mean, I, I, people, you got to talk about people who've been hurt. I'm going, yeah, yeah, I get that. But here's the truth. We all have been. And there's some that's egregious and it's horrific and it's horrible. But here's the truth is we can't just then make discipleship so safe and so simple that we remove all that we're going no man we're entering in this is a battle and we're going to get messy and we're going to get hurt and you're going to get beat up a little bit right but here's the deal is is i love that isaiah 61 luke 4 jesus says i've i've come to proclaim freedom for the i love that because here's what we're captive by sin okay let that sink in this week okay um, you know, I'm gonna ha- we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hit this again in another way next week. But I'd love to kind of find out how does this settle in in your life this week? How does this settle in? What are the conversations you're having? Let's help each other with that. Let's.